And much like the crippling depression and loneliness that comes along with not having a Valentine for the month of February, we're back. And it is, in fact, Valentine's Day. We're doing a big, bon- a cheeky little bonus episode. Ah, uh, tremendous. Great intro. You <laughs> really you. hyped it up and you really delivered. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I think it's great that Valentine's Day is that, like, very polarizing thing where if you are with uh, somebody, it's this whole, like, very sweet celebration of love. If you're not, it's a corporate cash grab created by Hallmark and the godless savages that run the candy company. Like, Yeah. And honestly, if, uh, if I may be honest, I think it's both. Yeah. Like, I, I think that Valentine's Day is one of the things that, like, it, it could go away. <laughs> and, and, and it would be outside fine, yeah. of like what the flower and card industry and the 12 people it employs like who would care yeah um uh, go on <laughs> i was just gonna say what better way to spend a valentine's day than with a massacre <laughs> indubitably uh topic of today's program St. Valentine's Day Massacre from the year of our Lord, 1999. (laughs) This was a special request from former co-host and part-time intern, Connor Hopkins. So he's the one to blame. (laughs) Uh, I, okay, small thing and then we'll, we'll get on with the show. I realized watching this that my memory is so shit. (laughs) that my entire concept of my wrestling fandom and maybe even my life was off by one year. Huh? I thought this happened in 98. Hmm, okay. So, uh, small brief history on me as a wrestling fan. When I was a kid, I saw the the thing with Savage and and, um, Jake the Snake and the Snake Biting. I've told this story a billion times, I don't want to tell it again. <laughs> Huge fan. However, only three channels lived in the sticks. So it was channels 210 and 38. Two being NBC, 10 being CBS, 38 being, depending on who had won the bidding war that year, Fox or ABC. Mm. So the only wrestling I really got to see when I was very young was whatever syndicated shit would filter its way onto these, like, you know, networks. And even then, it had to be like when I knew it was. Guys, there was a time where you didn't know what was going to be on TV. You had to actually just, like, look. What? There was no guide. I like, guess. there was, well, okay. TV Guide did exist. We did not have TV Guide in my house because we have three channels. Why the fuck would you have that, right? Fair enough. It was basically, like, TV Guide would have just been, like, rubbing it in your face. That, like, you don't have cable or satellite, you pieces of shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, I would just watch whatever I could when I was a kid, and, like, I had, like, those Russell Buddies and stuff like that. Like, I remember I had a Boss Man, a Hogan, a Savage, and a Jake the Snake. And I start going to grade school, and I think I was in first grade, which, hey, maybe it wasn't, for all I know, because <laughs> uh, evidently my timeline is fucked. But uh, one of my childhood friends said, oh, wrestling's fake. They know who's going to win. They know who's going to lose. And I said, no, it isn't. I saw that snake bite that guy. And he's like, nah, it's all fake. And I was enraged. (laughs) (laughs) I was incensed. And I uh, turned my back on wrestling and didn't watch it for most of the 90s. So, uh, So a lot of stuff that I don't like is because I didn't see it as it was happening. Like, Mm. Bret Hart's run and, and, you know, a lot of that shit. Which, 
inarguably the mid '90s were kind of a downtime for, I mean, wrestling as a whole. Yeah. Even like going back and looking at it, sure, there's some good stuff, but you, you know what I mean. Like business, you, was you bad. always hear about like the '80s where like everything's all this it was hot, and then uh, the yeah, Attitude and, Era. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know what I mean? and, and you're absolutely right. There's that lull in between, right? Yeah. Well, I wasn't watching during that lull, so my. Uh, dad ends up getting remarried, and so at this point, it's peak of Attitude Era. And I'm still not watching wrestling because I'm like deeply psychologically harmed by the revelation <laughs> that it's not an actual combat sport. And uh, my stepbrother, who was like the exact same age as me, moves in, and I walk into the basement one night, and he's watching Raw, because at this point we have Satellite. Whoa. That's right, okay. baby. And not those big, gigantic satellite dishes that you used to actually have to, like, move via remote control, <laughs> which I only knew one person that had that when I was growing up. And I, even looking back, it's like the most insane thing ever. Yeah. Right? You have, like, a, a 12-foot satellite dish in your backyard <laughs> just because of, like, you're trying to watch a different channel. Um. Anyways, I'm like... Dude, I don't want to watch this. You, you know what I mean? I was like, I just, you've got the TV because you were here first. You know, I'm trying to be polite. I was like, can we watch something else? I don't want to watch this. And he's like, well, why not, man? It's awesome. And I was like, yeah, but it's fake. And he goes, yeah, I know. I don't care. It's still awesome. And that blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know that you could have that mindset. So this is 1999. Mm-hmm. So at this time, I'm, I'm 15 or whatever. And I was like, wait, you can just accept that yeah. <laughs> like I, I thought you had to think it was real to be fair <laughs> fair enough i mean that's how people make it seem guys i was also dumb uh no so. i mean people who aren't fans of it like whenever they talk shit about wrestling to me they seem to believe that you can only like it if you think it's real right now has anyone, like, has anyone because you've had matches now you've been on shows has anyone tried to smarten you up <laughs> Like, no, you know, luckily everyone who I've talked to who's at least knows that I've been on shows has never tried to smarten me up on that. Um, I have had someone who's like, well, if you know you're going to lose the match, then why even go through with it? And I'm like, if you're doing a play in high school and Mm -hmm. you know your character is going to die, why would you do the play? And the person just walked away. I was like, I won. Right, exactly. Like, uh, that's the same thing, and people don't equate it. Similarly, and maybe with a dumber person, I had a guy one time tell me he couldn't do it because if he knew he was going to lose, he couldn't go out there. And what the... Now, this guy was also completely made out of spare parts. <laughs> like, just whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? But I was just kind of like, then you don't get what this is. And you're never yeah. going to get what this is. Yeah. And also, even if you did somewhat get what this is, you wouldn't be good at it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so I go to, to watch this show for this special bonus. Uh, bonus? B- <laughs> bonus. Celeste Bonin. Okay. There yeah. we go. And I saw that this took place in 99. And I was like, wait, what? So then I realized... Oh, God, everything that I've ever thought I've been off by a year. Because I remember, like, I didn't see the 99 Rumble. Okay. And didn't watch pay-per-views at this point. But I remember the the Raw after this. Because at this point I was watching Raw constantly. And I was, like, diving headfirst into this 
fanatical fandom. And because I remember, like, Big Show's debut. Because I had never yeah. seen The Giant at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah, I never even thought about that. And I was like, holy shit, that could, that, like, that's incredible. That I, I didn't know that someone could be that big. Yeah. And so, like, I was and still am a big, a big, comma, Big Show fan. <laughs> a big, big show fan. <laughs> um, wow. But then I realized, oh, wow, I thought I had seen all these ECW papers from 98. Wrong. Wrong, you idiot. They're from 99. Because <laughs> this one, I was like, I gotta watch as much wrestling as possible. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Pretty long intro. Yeah, that's today. fine. Did not mean to go on this tangent. I don't really have an undercard, so this... Well, before we even time. get to the undercard. That's true. That is true. We need we to We open the show with a promo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is this, Mid-South? All right, let's yeah. ring that opening bell. And we're back in sync. There you go. Uh, we have yet to think of a punishment for if we do this, not... Right. Also, I'd like to state that because I want to keep the continuity, I am now two-fisting my drinks. So I haven't oh, finished okay. this one yet. Yeah. yeah. I see. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> so far as the undercard, I have seen... St- I watched AEW this week again from start mm. to finish. Managed to come home early. Sweet. Um... Crazy six-man tag. Uh, Kenta debuts at the end of the night. Like, I, 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 I know I put it over a lot, especially on here. And uh, if I sound biased, uh, fine. But <laughs> I, I, I think it's hard for me to say one thing about that company that I enjoy the most from a fan's perspective. But I think that them acknowledging that this is a wrestling company that exists in the real world... And that there are sports and there are yeah. other wrestling companies out there might be my favorite thing. Yeah. And I, I think that everything else I enjoy about it kind of falls under that umbrella. Is it perfect? Nope. It really ain't. And there's shit on every episode where I'm like, woof, all right, well, <laughs> gotta get through this and then something awesome will happen. Um, you said you don't really have much for an undercard? I do have a slight bit of an undercard. Okay. I watched this documentary about a Mr. Damien Deschain making his debut. Same. It was called Debut. <laughs> Great title. By Connor Hopkins. Mm-hmm. It was uh, It was real good. It was real good. Very good. Uh, that Damien Deschain is going to be a real star. <laughs> hope so. Um, I need someone's coattails to ride on, damn it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, also, uh, seek that out. I know that we've both shared it on our Facebook pages. Uh, maybe the... What are we even doing? Twitter should yeah. share the link. We should. We we shall. I haven't logged into it. I forgot the name. I forgot the password. All of it. That's fine. I still have it. Okay. Good. I have, have two you, accounts. Have, have on you my... tweeted anything from it? Yeah, I tweeted about the episode that came out. Let's open the curtain. Yes, two days ago. Okay, splendid. Uh, follow that Twitter, which is uh, at uh, <laughs> oh God at W A W E D podcast. There we go. Um, Wowed podcast. Wowed. Uh, now the only other thing I have for an undercard is I googled things that happen in Vermont, and nothing of note came up. Okay, I swear to God, <laughs> I'm so glad that you brought this up <laughs> because this is a a beautiful, seamless segue into something that I want to really. Talk about. <laughs> it really is. Now, because this podcast has even now only minimal social media interaction with our fan base. <laughs> there are a handful of our diehards who are friends of mine. Mm. And they have me either on Snapchat or they have my fucking phone number. 
Now, do we say some things on here that may be historically inaccurate? We sure do. I don't need to be corrected. I'm not going to print a retraction. <laughs> if you've got complaints, criticisms, or critiques, send it to the Twitter page. I don't need this in my life. And also, most of the time, I don't know what's being referenced. Mm. Also, I will politely shout out our good friend, Captain Midnight Guthrie. Great guy. Follow him on everything, guys, if you're listening. Who gave me a Snapchat video that was, conservatively speaking, 18 minutes long about <laughs> Vermont and all of the great things about it. I am so sad that I have not seen this. He's been there. He's one of only five people not from Vermont who's been to Vermont. I also Googled, like, historical events that happened in Vermont. The first one was, like, I didn't really delve that far into it because I was bored. Sure, was nothing course, came obviously. Up. You it was, like, been. three results. You're Googling Vermont. How bored can you be? I know. So... There was thing. There was something that happened in like 1569. The next thing that happened was like 1642. I'm like, there's like almost a hundred years where nothing historical happened. <laughs> and in that time period, the, the life expectancy was lower. So there's like three generations that have yeah, lived I and know. died in complete <laughs> stagnancy. Is that a word? Yeah, sure. Stagnancy. It is now. Sure is. And if it's not a word, and you know it's not, and you know what word I'm trying to say. Keep that to yourself. Or or, or tweet or, it to us at WowEd Podcast. podcast. <laughs> uh, are, we just, gonna, are we settling on WowEd or WowEd? I think WowEd. WowEd? Yeah. Yeah, that makes. I think that makes it easier to... Um, sure. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say a word and I forgot what it was. Anyway. <laughs> and also, we do what I'm going to call some research before we record these. Not pouring over dates and facts, whether it be <laughs> wrestling or Vermont related. Well, one time in Vermont, that guy walked across the street. There's well, evidently yeah. a high school there that, 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 what was it Guthrie said, there's a huge skiing culture there, which I'm like, sounds great. And there's a high school there that like just helps their students get so good at skiing that they can possibly go to the Olympics. That's insane! So so little happens in Vermont that they have to dedicate a whole school to sliding down a hill. Have you ever been skiing? No. I have. The Winter Olympics Several is times. nothing but let's see what country can slide down a hill faster. In essence, yeah. Uh, I've gone skiing numerous times. I might be going again here shortly. I'm real bad at it. Hmm. Like... That being said, I know it's hard, and it's, I could be, I'd be awful at it. It's crazy hard, and it's infuriating, because <laughs> every time I've gone, I'm surrounded by people that I'm like, you are weak and pathetic <laughs> in real life. You have no physical attributes whatsoever. But maybe it's because they're too stupid to know what a compound fracture even is. They're zipping down the side of these goddamn walls like it's nothing, and yeah. I'm like... Going on that happy intermediate trail, you guys. <laughs> I need to be able to throw my body into the ground when I know I cannot stop. Pizza, <laughs> french fries, that's bullshit. <laughs> what? They teach you this at, like, uh, ski instructor, like, uh, beginner courses. So, like, the if the skis are straight, a.k.a. french fries, you go fast. If you point them, like, toes toward each other, that's called pizza. That's how you slow down, right? Ah. Uh. Except... It don't always work like that, guys. <laughs> and you can sit here and say, like, well, maybe you're just not good at it, and that person's an experienced ski instructor. Suck shit! <laughs> like, do you know how many times I've been going down the side of a 
a gentle slope and been moving 80 miles an hour and <laughs> have to think, okay, pizza, pizza, whatever, and just go face first into this manufactured snow. I have a question, a couple questions. All right. When you say suck shit, <laughs> do you want them to blend it and suck it through a straw? Whatever's easiest. Freeze it and then suck on it like a popsicle? Like what's, what's your... Actually, in this context, what's worse? I think it would definitely be to suck it through a straw. Then let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> I hate I hate doing things I'm not good at. Okay, I, it, I understand that. Crippling to my ego. Then why do you wrestle? Oh, all right. So I'm, it's been a great time on the show today. I'm just gonna hit stop. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Tommy, great burn. Tommy, everything. Great burn. Um. Oh. Side tangent about Vermont over with now. Yeah. Was that what you wanted to talk to me about beforehand? Yeah. I'm okay. just, I'm tired of getting directly corrected. Tweet Direct- the corrections. Di- directed. Well, well correctedly. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. So today's topic, the only St. Valentine's Day Massacre pay-per-view. So there's no more bonus episodes on February 14th. Sorry, guys. I'm just going to review this show again. <laughs> Sure. Remember a year ago when we watched this? Well, it's all stayed the same. Do 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 do. Um, I don't know why, but my first note just says in all capital letters, "I am dismayed." <laughs> I don't know what that means, too. Uh, I I actually like the opening video. So do I. I I did. It was very different, and I like that. Uh, super cool stuff. Uh, this show is headlined, by the way, by Stone Cold Steve Austin at. Right about, I'd say, the peak of Stone Cold Steve Austin popularity. I think it lasted maybe another year, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, against Vincent Kennedy McMahon mm-hmm. inside of a steel cage. Yep. The show is also co-headlined by The Rock versus Mankind for the WWF title in a last man standing match. And then everything else on this show, you know what, let's just do it. Uh <laughs> Opening um, match. So, first of all, the theme for this show is also Paul White's theme. Yeah. And also Luke Gallows' theme. Correct. They did not have a theme for Paul White at the time, and then I guess when they brought in Luke Gallows, they were like, oh, Hey, yeah. you kind of look like uh <laughs> just dust this song off. I like it. I, it's a, it's a I very simple it. uh, um, instrumental with like a nice groove to mm-hmm. it. I love it. It's not bad. They, well, they've, they've done that before, where they just recycle songs oh, for yeah. different people. Like... I feel like, uh, oh, damn it. I feel like Tori Wilson had a song that was, like, done by Lillian Garcia that got reused for, like, four different women. Could be. Maybe I'm conflating things. I don't know. Western Union sponsored this show. You remember that? I just like noting the sponsors because they're so weird. I've got one later that I noticed. Uh, So the opening match, because you always want to (laughs) start... With something great, right? You want yeah, some fast-paced, crisp, razzle-dazzle action to get your crowd amped up for this pay-per-view. Well, they got a halfway there. Did they? Uh, this, so this is Gold Dust versus Blue Dust, aka the Blue Meanie. And you know what? We put over Gold Dust on this show before, and I, I will, I will maintain. Gold Dust is great. Yeah, Dustin Rhodes is great. That's the half. <laughs> it has always done. Like, you haven't gotten 
to this point yet. I have actually dodged some of these things in, in my wrestling run. Say promoters like, hey, I've got this idea for you. I want to bring you in, give you this good push. Here's your character. And it's something absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know how you would take that. It would. I'm sure it would depend on what it is. Yeah. I was once approached with one that was so stupid that I literally stood there like mouth agape. As you would say, jaw on the floor. <laughs> I, I couldn't fathom what was being told to me. And then politely said, I don't know if I can do that. Um, but my point here being, man oh man, Dustin. They come to him with anything. <laughs> and he's he tries. Yeah. Tried. And still does, for that matter. Gold dust was... I have a note here that says Goldust has the most longevity ever, and like, how I think, how uh, did the character last as long as it did? Oh, I have no idea. Especially at that time period when everything moved so fast. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we've talked about it before on here. Maybe that like, I think he's the only person to wrestle in five decades. I think that might be correct. I think eighties, nineties, two thousands, twenty tens, and now twenty twenties. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, In a good way. Yeah. This match, though, is bad in a bad way. <laughs> and I don't... Um, I don't think it's Goldust's fault. <laughs> I don't either. And I, I don't even, like... I didn't hate the Blue Meanie, but this was just not good. I... Oh, what is this? Hold on. Um, Where is it? Blue Dust kicks aren't well. It's a note that I have here. None of this stuff. Like, there, I noted those specifically as being. Mm-hmm. Mm, how that the moon salt was better than the laws of physics should have allowed that to be. <laughs> uh, there's a a bit of him on the Forever Hardcore documentary, which if you haven't seen that, guys, seek it out. Do yourselves a favor. Where he's literally talking about how he got brought into ECW, and it's something like they were looking for a stooge, and they're like. Oh yeah, you're a big fat fuck and you take a decent bump and you can do a moonsault. Bring him in. And that was it. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I kind of think the less said about this, the better. Because one of my notes here just says, holy god. Um, I think that the clip of Blue Dust painted from top to bottom for you Arrested Development fans looks like Tobias Fuque when he was auditioning to be a stand-in for the Blue Man group. Um, oh god. The only thing I have left to say about this is Goldust has the one one of, if not the best theme of all time. It is so good. It's it slept on, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, my next note just says seeing HBK as the commissioner was weird, mm. and it's a thing where I feel like it lasted linearly much longer than people remember. But he only made very few, very sporadic appearances, like actually on air yeah. as the commissioner. Uh, <laughs> Michael Cole has been there forever. Oh, dude. I, he, straight out of junior high, it seems like. <laughs> I know. But then you read that stuff about how like he was like a war correspondent for like a news outlet and shit, and it's like, when did you start being a full-time employee anywhere? Ten <laughs> years old? Like, <laughs> Exactly. Uh, um, you want to take us into this next the, match, the or sh- you got something else? I, I will, however... <laughs> Um, first, a couple things. First of all, the Shattered Dreams is terrifying to take. I took it in training from, not Gold Dust, obviously, but... Clearly. Just, 
it's it's terrifying to see someone running towards you while you have your right, legs right. agape. Right. You better hope you have not wronged that person. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, they show a uh, seg- a clip from Sunday Night Heat, under, uh, otherwise known as Seat. All right. <laughs> yes. I miss Sunday Night Heat. Also, the concept of that show at this time especially was so... Like, it's indicative of how much the business has changed because now, like, the pay-per-view industry doesn't really matter that much. Like, yeah. the the money is in, like, TV and the rights to TV and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Wind the clocks back to, you know, 99. Pay-per-view was, like, such a huge source of income for these companies. And it yeah. was, like... Like, we've talked about when we did the ECW, the first ECW show, that getting on pay-per-view was, like, a huge deal. Like, yeah. nobody got that. And they would just use Sunday Night Heat on the night of the pay-per-view as cuz that was on USA and they would just use that as like a free lead-in to the pay-per-view and mm-hmm. i used to wonder like going back and rewatching be like like i think Vince yeah Vince and Austin are on Sunday night heat for this show mm-hmm. and at the time i'm like why why are you putting these guys out here right now they're going to be on the show later now i understand why it's so that the people who are watching on free television will see this. And, and like, even if they haven't watched Raw for the past four months, they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I yeah. gotta buy this pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Shut up and mm-hmm. take my money. Brilliant. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Really? It literally is. Like, Yeah. But now they have the pre-show where R-Truth gets to talk to Booker T. And nobody wants to watch it or what <laughs> is coming after. Exactly. My outcha- time. You want to say that again? How times have changed. Yes. Okay. I'm a I'm a good promo. <laughs> You're a master of the mic. Yeah. The Sultan of the stick. Oh great. Al pissing snow. Holy God. I'm so glad that you said this. Is that your actual note? Yeah. I need you to read out loud what my first note here is. Oh good. Al Snow. <laughs> oh my god. Oh uh, my. Ugh. Al Snow is a guy that, like, if you ever get the chance to talk to him, don't. Uh, he, <laughs> he runs a he ran a very successful pyramid scheme a couple years ago with the collar oh, and elbow wow. thing. I did not know about this. I would call it that, like, dude, like your fucking house plant could be a collar and elbow sponsored athlete. Like, holy god! <laughs> uh, I was on one show with okay. <laughs> uh, used to watch uh, Secrets of the Ring DVDs. That was okay. what helped me like learn a lot about like match structure and psychology, specifically the series they did with Raven. Because ah. fucking smart. Uh, one of my friends had a Secrets of the Ring with Al Snow. Mm. So I, I watched it because I was just trying to learn as much as I could. And he, yeah. he says a lot of shit that makes perfect sense. And I, I completely understand what he is saying. And I don't think that it is necessarily wrong. But... But. <laughs> and in this case, there's a big but. <laughs> Naomi-esque, you, if you will. You, you cannot lie. I can't. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the things that Al Snow says, specifically in said interview, and you go back and watch some of his matches, or even his matches after said interview, he does not follow his own advice in any way, <laughs> shape, or form at any point for any reason. <laughs> he only tells other people, this is what you have done wrong and here's why. And then he goes completely against it. For example, why would you body slam somebody and go to the top rope? I don't know, Al. Why? He's like, well, the guy's on the ground. You should try to win. So, okay. That makes that makes yeah. logical sense yeah. to me. 
So what he's trying to say is, don't do stuff that defies the logic of the context of the match. I'm with you, Al. <laughs> and then you watch his matches. Body slam, goes up top, misses the moonsault. And it's like, do we just do as you say and not as you do, but you keep saying and doing? <laughs> But the reason I want to bring this up before we get into this match is I was on a show with Al Snow one time. I genuinely don't really recall what my match was, in, in complete honesty. <laughs> and I made the crucial error <laughs> because I knew that he watched it. I could see that he was watching it from the from the ring. I made the crucial error of asking him afterwards, hey, because I thought I was just trying to be polite, do the, do the right thing. Oh, there's a veteran, there's a name guy on the show, you know, he watched my match. And I go, hey, uh... Whatever you saw, if you have any like advice or, or critiques, I would I would love to hear it. And I, by the way, real quick, if you're listening to this and you are a younger wrestler, you actually should do this, just not without snow. And don't <laughs> ever be afraid to ask guys that are more experienced than you on a show. Hey, can you watch my match? Because maybe they see stuff. You know, it's just a good yeah. way to learn. Yeah, so I, I think I'm doing the right thing. Hey, man, did you see anything? You know, whatever. Al Snow proceeded to talk to me for the next four months. <laughs> and here's the thing. Normally, I'd be like, okay, that's great. It was, I'm not exaggerating, word for word what was on the DVD that had came out years. <laughs> Literal, multiple 365-day time segments. Years. Multiple <laughs> revolutions around the sun. Verbatim. I almost, at one point, I got so frustrated, I almost wanted to just jump in and say it with him. Like reciting a goddamn song. I, I was just, I like... Wa- oh, oh, that would have been great to see you do that. Just to see you be like... And then, uh, like, it's just a thing where it's like, okay, if you're... And I understand that in... God, I can't believe I'm going to do this now after I've just eviscerated him. In his defense, he probably has said this to... 150,000 nobodies just like me 150,000 times. I I I get that. But man, just at least put some paraphrase. Min- put some minimal effort into making somebody think that they're having an actual individual conversation with you rather than just reciting your goddamn Gettysburg address on why everything sucks. Gettysburg like, address. Oh my god, it's just fucking awful. So there's this match. On the opposite side, <laughs> sir, segue back. On the opposite side of the spectrum, we have Bob Holly. Yep. Great. I, yeah. I like Bob Holly. I hated that he didn't have his music here. Yeah. At least not the music I enjoyed. Yeah. They said on commentary he's trying to erase the the memory of Sparky Plug or something like that. Yeah. So this was has had to be fresh after that. Actually, I don't. Maybe I'd have to go back and do some research because evidently I don't remember shit. But I felt like Sparky Plug was done in like '95, maybe even '96. Maybe I don't fucking know. Who cares? Uh, Someone will correct me. Bob Holly was in shape. Do you want me to Google? Always, always, huh? Do you want me to Google? I don't want you to Google Sparky Plug. I don't want that on your search history for when the feds come for you. Um, (laughs) Well. No, Bob. Bob was. Which feds are we talking about? AEW and WWE or? Oh, the uh, <laughs> alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. That really made me laugh. Um, no, Bob Bob was always jacked as fuck. Uh, yeah. This match, though. Yeah. I mean, 
It was at least mildly entertaining. Bob Holly beating the piss out of Al Snow. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll sit through that any day. Sure, For sure. There's stuff that I do really enjoy about Bob Holly. He's coming up on that Chuck Palumbo level of people we talk about a lot on this show, I think. Yeah, maybe. I think Chuck Palumbo is still number one besides Berna. Yeah, for sure. Well, there you go. Berna. There it is. Let's book <laughs> Let's... Berna versus Chuck Palumbo. That would be incredible. Uh, so, like, my issue with this match, and this is going to be a running theme, I think, for this episode. It's too fucking long. Yeah, I'll agree with that. There's some very, very long matches. There's also the... <laughs> I, I, I laughed so hard out loud at this. At some point when they brawl back through the parking lot area, they, like, go over and there's just a pillar there, like a concrete pillar, you know, part of the building. Some random dude just runs out from behind it. <laughs> I saw that. But he's not within 15 feet of anything, so I'm like... Just standing back there taking a piss or something? What are you doing? Like, who the fuck are you? Shortly after that, they go to another pillar that has just stacks of what looks like vinyl composition tile. Hi, I work at Menards. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, the floor tiles, right? Yeah. And on the just, on the concrete. Yeah. And why? just wallops him in the head with it. VCT doesn't break that easily. <laughs> that had to hurt. Welcome back to Floor Tech. Because it shattered. Tom and Braden. Uh, tech is actually a... A brand of mortar that we carry. I'm learning fast. Like there you go. I was just shocked. It was a concrete floor. Why is that there? Why were there seven brooms outside? Why were there those oddly placed? Okay, let me ask. Did you think that this match was set up specifically yes. to do a thing? A thing? No, I don't think so. I think it was set up for like seven different things. Okay, but if you had to pick one of those seven, like what do you think they were like? Oh man, this is going to be the cool shit. Oh, the sticks. There was, like, sticks next to the concrete that was, like... There was, like, seven of them right in the right. row. Right. Abandoned broom handles, because that's where you, what you... No, for me, I thought it was the, oh, I'm going to chuck him into the fucking river. Fair because enough, Because the yeah. venue is, like, on the bank. Which, uh... <laughs> fun fact. That venue is now a Bass Pro Shop. Oh, well. That's right. The arena that seats <laughs> thousands of people... <laughs> Is a fucking Bass Pro Shop. Dude, those things are fucking massive for no reason. Specifically that one. Uh, no, I thought that whole match was set up just to have somebody throw somebody in the river. Fair enough. That 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 could be, yeah. They had like 17 And that's still not even things. the finish. <laughs> I don't even remember what the finish is. Al Snow gets wrapped up in a steel cage and then pinned. And he can't kick out because he's, oh, he's wrapped a, in like a fence, in, right? In, yeah, in like the chicken the chain wire link. or some shit. Yeah. The chain link. Oof. And he's there for ages. <laughs> Bob Holly walks from the river where he pinned Al Snow all the way back to the ring and celebrates, and then they have a shot of Al Snow like this. And I'm like, it's not that fucking heavy. <laughs> it's not locked. <laughs> also, no one is helping him. That peaked, yeah, and I heard that in my headphones. Levels. I'm going to have to fix that. No, you're fine. Um, <laughs> let's let's make the listeners suffer. Like, yeah, nobody's helping okay. him. Nobody's that's helping what, him. That's what you get yeah. for... Pointing at the uh, microphone. For, right uh... Now. Criticizing Tom from Vermont. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, no one's helping him. Uh, oh, oh, I do have a note here that I want to bring up. They, <laughs> at one point, Michael Cole says, "Bob, Bob, Bob Hardcore Holly from Talladega, Talladega, Alabama." And I said, "Wait, what?" <laughs> it one, he's from Mobile, Alabama, and two, I believe it's Talladega, Florida. I think you're right. I refuse to believe there's a Talladega, Alabama. In the state, I'm going to call it next door to Florida. 
Can we get an intern on that? Can we get an intern on that? Preferably, like, you know, a good one. Like, one of my other notes here. Oh, uh, imagine buying a ticket and going to this show. And you get this. Where, <laughs> what, probably three quarters of the match is in the back of the building? And you're just watching it on the screen? Yeah. There is a Talladega, Alabama. Oh my god, Alabama, what are you doing? Well, there's a Princeton, Illinois, and a Princeton, Wisconsin. Okay, that's totally fair point, but there's also a Peru, Illinois, and a Peru, Indiana. And a Peru, the country. Wait, really? No, um, I don't know, I just think that, like, Talladega, the people... I don't know, to me, I'm just kind of like, you know there's a Talladega. You wouldn't have Indianapolis, Ohio. You're right. (laughs) Um... Um, but yeah. Well, it happened. The Bob Holly cracking that stick over uh, Al Snow's back and the debris goes right <laughs> towards the camera guy. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I mean, like, yeah, it's Al Snow. It's too but long. But it was, and it is long, but it's also kind of entertaining to see him get the. Yeah. Bob Holly, dude. That. I can give you that. Uh, next, there's a backstage vignette of Satanist Undertaker and his goons. <laughs> That's a better way to put it than Ministry Taker. I Sat- agree. <laughs> like, he's literally standing there with his arms out with a fire in front of him in, in that a black robe. robe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my note here just says, the Ministry, dot, dot, dot. Kind of awesome and kind of stupid. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, even at the time, I'm getting like fresh back in, right? I'm like, oh, okay, so these guys just... Hail Satan. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes them good wrestlers. Okie dokie. Uh, yep. That's about it. This next one. Take us take us into this. First of all, did Midian come out to the ring with a jar of piss with a strip of bacon in it? I mean, no. Because <laughs> that's what it looks like. It's supposed to be an eye that's in formaldehyde. Oh, well. It does kind of look like a jar of piss with a strip of bacon in it, though. They probably did not think that through. Things to note, mm. Bossman has fantastic punches. Always. Midian does not. Correct. Crowd chanted boring and I joined him. <laughs> uh, I almost did as well. There was an... The only other note I have on this match, which I I read oh, my, all of by, by the way, my note just says, crowd says boring, I agree. Hmm. Go on. Okay, black hole slam, finish. <laughs> yeah. Too long. Again, yeah. too long. I think Bossman only worked as a heel. And I, I love Bossman. I think Bossman was I've, good. I've honestly never seen anything of Bossman where he wasn't a heel, personally. It, you shouldn't. Like, the, he had a weird... I know from, like, research or whatever, he did, had a, a babyface run after his... He had a run with Hogan. Like, on top. Back in the, like, late 80s, early 90s. Like, he was, like, top heel or whatever for a bit. Oh, wow. um, Anyways, so, another note here says Midian, aka Tex Slazinger, always sucked. That's right. That was a former name of his. I, Tex that's, Slazinger. That's incredible. So, uh, was this around the time that Bossman got hanged that one time? This is, in fact, building two. That okay? Because it was at Mania the, the, this year's Mania. So this is the go home pay per view. So they did the Rumble, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, Mania, and at Mania fifteen. The Undertaker murdered the boss man <laughs> in the cell. Um, 
This is bad. Yeah. Viscera comes back, or comes out, well, the whole ministry comes back, comes out, and Viscera splashes the boss man three mm. times. Because what else can Viscera do? Just walk. Uh, well, at the time, at least. <laughs> Just um, walk. Man, also, fucking Midian's airbrushed stupid fucking shirt that says, Accept the purity of evil. <laughs> Accept the purity of evil, He-Man. Exactly. Uh, like, I like to be evil. Like, what the fuck are we even doing? What are we even doing here? <laughs> uh, shout out to the theme song, written, performed, and recorded by Braden. Oh, um, thank you. If you couldn't tell by my fantastic vocals in that last second. Take your strategy anyway. would be murder. Um, yep. The Vintage wrestling uh, WrestleMania commercial I thought was yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, Nifty. I like that. Uh, one of the things that I noticed about it was that, uh, and, and I understand that because at the time Mania was not what it would, you know, go on to be. Yeah. And for that matter, it wasn't what it had been before. Yeah. You know, because we're like everything's hot right now because the Attitude Era and whatnot. We're not going to do ninety three thousand people like Mania three, or you know these you know, giant stadiums like we would do you know years down the line. But the thing I noticed about that hype video and that commercial was that. Way more shots of the actual stars, and now when you watch Mania hype videos, there's so many shots of the crowd. Yeah, and I understand that. I'm and I'm not even knocking it because then it's like, wow, look at all those people. Remember when there were fans? Like, look at all these people. I want to be a part of that. You know, whatever. And back then they were like, oh man, we got to show you the Rock. We got to show you Stone Cold. We can't show you these ten thousand seat arenas that we've been doing Mania in that were half empty for you know a few years, like. Which, I'm kind of curious. I almost want to look it up. I wonder what the lowest attendance for a mania was. Intern, can we get on that? Ignore the knocking of the table of me picking up my phone. That wasn't me. Um, while the intern is doing that, next there's a backstage segment featuring Ivory, uh, Delo, DeLorean Brown, and uh, Marcus Henry. <laughs> Great, weird thing where... They, I think they're the baby faces in this. You okay? I did not expect Google to be like, number one, WrestleMania 36, zero people. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Oh my god. Man, Google just completely owned us. (laughs) Oh my, that was, that was really funny. We're Um, fucking dumb. (laughs) I, no, I know what you meant. Number two. Which was what we were talking about is WrestleMania Seven with uh, sixteen thousand one hundred and fifty eight. Huh. Apparently. Well, I mean that seems like still a lot, but like, god damn it, zero. What the f- morons? We are morons. <laughs> <laughs> that absolute. When I first saw that, it killed me. Almost damn near disabled me. Uh. Anyways, my note here: Ivory was great. She was always great. I think she was just in the wrong era. Yeah. Um, she could actually work. And then we've got this tag match. I I like Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart as a team. Me too. Me too. They, they, the only thing I didn't like about Jeff Jarrett is he gave him, him giving himself a shitty rock bottom. He did a jumping flatliner sort of deal. Well, like uh, arm. The divorce court. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that move. It looks like he's giving it to himself. Um, Lawler says, 
Oh, actually, hold on. I'm going to read the next this this next note <laughs> as a novel. Mm-hmm. Mark Henry exudes sexuality, says Lawler, very jealous of Mark Henry's sexual prowess. <laughs> Clearly. Like, this is a weird time for Mark Henry. And uh, it's also weird because, like, three of the four people in this match, like the actual match, are already, like, very seasoned, very good workers, and Mark Henry's kind of the odd man out. Mm-hmm. And if you watch it through that lens, you can tell. Yeah. They don't let him do shit. Uh... I think this match has a very simple, like, structure, but oh, it's yeah. a fantastic execution. No, I, I agree it. with that. I didn't I didn't think this was bad. I liked it, yeah. Uh, I lost my mind bitching about the legalities thing, because Mark Henry comes in, runs what can loosely be defined as a hot tag, <laughs> crashes into the turnbuckle, D'Lo comes into the ring, there's no tag or anything, just comes into the ring, hits a powerbomb, ref starts counting. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> we're not even doing the whole, like, oh, we've lost track of everything. Like, any person can tell you who the legal man here is. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't dude. even pay attention. I was probably taking dude, a note. It's garbage. Um, I like the idea of <laughs> Ivory the babyface threatening to strip Deborah if she <laughs> interferes. Well, they know their demographic. They do. And here's the thing. I actually think it works for Ivory being the babyface because... They know that's what that audience actually wanted to see. Yep. So, yeah, whatever. There was a dude just laying on the floor in front of the Spanish announce table. Thought that was funny. <laughs> I didn't see that at all. Uh, I thought Jeff Jarrett and Deborah together were great. I feel like they were paired together yeah. for a lot of Jeff's like last run in the Fed, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a shenanigans behind the ref's back sort of deal um, into the figure four. I think it was, they were, he was distracted with the ladies or whatever, and D'Lo. Guitar shot to the leg? Yeah. I'm trying to read this one note here, and it says, oh man, dash V-A-W shenanigans? No. <laughs> no. Okay, this is for the next thing. I'm sorry. Go on. I don't know. Um, Val, it's Val dash Shamrock. We're, I, I'm jumping ahead to the next match. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh! Okay. So, yeah, um, Ref was distracted with uh, the ladies and D'Lo. There was a re- uh, shot with the guitar. Straight to the knee. To the knee, which had a brace on it, so you know it's injured. Right. And then the figure four, which... Oh, that was... I didn't know he did that ever. Oh, Jeff Jarrett? Yeah. All the time. I don't... This might be the only time he ever won with it. Yeah, well, he, he won. Mark Henry tapped out like a bitch. <laughs> You and your surgically repaired knee getting hit with a musical instrument. Fuck you. And this, we come to the point in the show, it's obligatory at this point, that I have to vamp. Um, I'm currently almost out of my sun-kissed. I'm going to switch over to an A&W root beer. Not my favorite root beer. Um, I think my favorite would definitely have to be Bark's root beer. And I hate people who hate root beer. So if you hate root beer at Wow Ed Podcast, um, just let me know. I didn't mean to make an Everett Connors, Everett Connors reference there, but I did. Do you like root beer, Tom? I don't, actually. Mm. I, I kind of heard that from the other room and thought, oh, God, this is going to be a source of contention. I enjoy Sunkist. Sunkist is pretty damn good. Sunkist is good. Uh, I, I prefer... Orange... Cr- orange uh, damn it, is it called Orange... No, it's just called Crush. Yeah. Pretty good. Orange Crush. Orange <laughs> Crush, great move. Um... I prefer Barks to A&W root beer, but this is all my grandmother had. Hmm, fair enough. 
Uh, are we moving on? I believe we are now. Oh man, Val versus Shamrock. And this bizarre storyline with Shamrock's quote-unquote sister, which obviously it was not. They were actually <laughs> yeah. dating in real life during the time that they were portraying each other as siblings on the air. Which, you know what? You know, I, I, if you told me Vince was into that, I'd be like, yeah. I feel like that gets brought up every like ten years or so that they wanted to they wanted to do an incest angle, and thankfully they never pulled the trigger on it. Do you remember the uh, Paul and Katie Lee Birchall pairing? No. Oh man, they were like it was Paul Birchall post pirate. Uh, I didn't Birchall. know Paul Birchall was ever post pirate. <laughs> oh, he was. They brought him back on uh, e- WWE ECW post pirate Paul Birchall PPPB, if you will. <laughs> Uh, was paired with Katie Lee Birchall, who was just Katie Lee, and then I, she went to TNA, and I think her name was like December or something. I don't <laughs> fucking know. Um, October. Anyways, they were like it was a brother sister thing, but the mm. way that they carried themselves and such, it was like yeah, siblings don't act like that unless you're watching Pornhub. But then they just like yeah. scrapped it. Thank Good. God. Uh, so. Um, then there was uh, Beaver Cleavage as well. Yeah. Yeah. Not the first time we brought him up. Can't believe that. <laughs> Same. Ugh. Just, maybe just don't do that. Also, I'm yeah. going to say this. The Attitude Era being what it was, I'm almost surprised that we didn't get to that point. <laughs> just yeah. because of how, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Shit was insane. Um, I love Ken Shamrock. So do I. And Ken Shamrock punching himself in the head. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. It, like, I can't... You, no one in the world could look at Ken Shamrock punching himself in the head and then screaming and tell tell me that that man can't kill another man with oh, bare hands. I bet he has. <laughs> he probably ate the body in order to get rid of the evidence. He was probably an accomplice to Marty Jannetty. Could be. It was the first time I made a man disappear. <laughs> oh my god, I fed, him, I fed the body to Shamrock. <laughs> So he got so jacked, the blood yeah. of his enemies. <laughs> there you Which, go. by the way, he's like well in his fifties now, and he's still fucking jacked to the gills. Yeah, insane. And I, why, why can't we get him to come back in a rumble? I don't know. Like, That'd be I, interesting. How awesome would that be? Have him stare down with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> fucking a. <laughs> why not? Um, why is Bill Gunn the ref? I, I, you know, we have a match, by the way. <laughs> I think we have a match to yeah, call. Yeah, Bill Gunn is the ref, and and I don't know what the fucking deal is with that. I, I know that they set it up somehow. They said but somehow, I just didn't... like, the, no WWF official was going to referee this match. And I'm like, oh, why? that's right, because it was such a, a volatile situation. Oh, I think they set it up because Ken Shamrock was beating the piss out of all the refs. Yeah, that seems right. I think that's Your what they said. Your phone's just but, like, exploding right now, Mr. Popularity. Dude, Shane... Stop. Yeah. I need you to Shane. know, Shane, right now. Because I know you're listening live. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Shane, <laughs> in the future. Um, so, like, I know this was long before you were, you know, watching or even alive, but, like, Val Venus, the, the gimmick, I, it's a real double-edged sword. Explain. I don't think he would have had the success that he did without being the Val Venus character. Mm-hmm. I think being the Val Venus character limited the success he would have. Fair enough. Yeah. Like, was it perfect for the Attitude Era? Absolutely. 
I, I, I stand by that for sure. Was he ever going to be like main eventer or, you know, world champ or anything like that? No. <laughs> and <laughs> no. like, as a worker at that time, he was good. But that, that gimmick both, I think, helped and hindered him a bit. And now he's a complete maniac. Yeah. Like, just a, like, somehow an alt-right pothead. Like, huh? <laughs> it, it's, it's a, a dark, dark twisted thing. He's, he's become a real piece of shit. You'd have to be the dumbest ass to fuck with anyone in Ken Shamrock's family. Yeah. At all. And Val Venus is like, <laughs> come at me. Like, what the fuck? Right. How, why? And I, I'll never understand why, okay, a lot of these Attitude Era matches I feel like were just positioned to be like, fill time, and then get to the finish. Yeah. I also don't know why Bill Gunn is slow counting both men. I don't know either. Like, okay. I have, I have a note here. I don't know what Lawler said. Probably something about Ken Shamrock's sister, but I have a note here that says, Lawler, how do I say this nicely? Die. <laughs> Might be a bit heavy, but alright. Like, her name was Ryan, by the way, which is also weird. Um, Fair enough. Bill Gunn at one point says, all you gotta do is listen to me, <laughs> which I thought was funny. <laughs> uh, I think Engel did the ankle lock way the fuck better. Yeah. Just because of, like, he actually put creativity into how he got into it. Yeah. Shamrock had it over as fuck, don't get me wrong, but... I think... Shamrock is. I don't know if this was always how he did it, or if this was just in this case. He had he was real low, mm-hmm. whereas like Angle would stand all the way up. Yeah, and I think that was cooler for not only the visual, but like it just kind of looks like he has more leverage Correct, that way. Yeah, I didn't like the finish of this. Uh, what was it? Oh, fucking. Oh, uh, Bill and somebody are fight. Bill and Shamrock <laughs> are fighting on the outside, and he goes to get in the ring, gets inside, cradled, fast count. Yeah. Val wins the IC t- title. And it's the thing where it's like, okay, I get it, I guess. Ugh. And then, Bill Gunn's like, well, I still hate both of them. So he beats the shit out of the Venus, too. I think that's... I can't quite remember the card from Mania 15. I feel like these guys had a triple threat. Maybe that was it. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. There's an ad for a shirt after this. <laughs> I did not know that. I don't remember it at all. It just says, I love the shirt ad. <laughs> uh, so this next match, though, I'll take us into this This one. is the definition of long. Oh! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> it's Corporate China and Corporate Kane, who is only doing the corporation's biddings under threat of being sent to an insane asylum, which they keep referencing on commentary, uh, against the team of DX, represented by Triple H, and <laughs> XPIC. Uh, <laughs> my first note here just says I think China was a, a very important and influential and pivotal performer in the history of pro wrestling. She was more important than she was good. Yeah, and that's I, fair. I think that's a recurring theme on the show as well. Uh, hated Triple H's pleather tights. I never been a. I've never been a real big D, DX guy. It's just Same. not, not yeah. my 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 cup of tea. There's I a, hate the, like, DX rebirth in, like, 08 or whatever. 06. Oh, that, whatever, then. Yeah. 06. That was, ugh. Yeah. There was some fun stuff in there, but overall, ugh. Uh, my thing with, like, the original DX thing is it's like, 
okay, so like Shawn Michaels was was already great, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's gone. I enjoy X Pac. I've always enjoyed X Pac. I like the New Age Outlaws as a team. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, I I even I enjoy like Triple H and Shawn Michaels together, like as a team. Yeah, but. Under the DX like aura, I guess I don't know. Like it, I think it, I think it really was ruined to me by like the the 2006 revert. Th- do you think it's because like... they were like trying to do the same shtick? Yeah, but it was what six eight years after the fact, and it's like you guys are dads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I think literal, that's, I think that's actually what it is, literal and figuratively. Like it, it's that. Um, that meme of Mr. Burns dressed as a kid, just, hello, fellow children. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what, okay, what do you think of this entrance theme for Kane? I have a note that okay. says, Kane's best theme. Tom, this is <laughs> Kane's best theme. Oh, man. Uh, I love the organ intro. That was my favorite part of this theme. <laughs> it's good. Don't get me wrong. It is good. I. It's just... It's, but I I just that organ intro man I thought yeah. it was fucking dope I um, I think it's cool too but I think the rest of it's cool too great mask <laughs> yes this mask is Kane's great. best best look yeah okay that or when he when he first went to like the um just like the thinner regular straps. yeah the yeah. thinner straps with the same mask mm-hmm. and it was like all the and flame like that was that was good big as shit as soon as they took away the mouthpiece uh-huh. I'm I'm gone oh okay fair enough. Uh, Shane McMahon is on commentary for this match, and it's like listening to a cat stuck in a garbage disposal. <laughs> Just fucking yeah. horrific. I, I enjoy how much he's hyping up his team, but he's doing it the whole fucking match, and, like, Lawler and it Cole is, are trying to say stuff. I want to impersonate it, but I can't, because <laughs> I don't want to blow the levels off this podcast. It is <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, yeah, get him, China. Get him. Like, dude, you can do that every so often. Yeah. Th- this is like built wall to wall Shane screaming like Joe Rogan on DMT. It's <laughs> fucking garbage. I have to say. So long. Really trips. Red and black. You're and you're wrestling you can. Kane. You're who? Wrestling Kane. I said can. All right. You're wrestling and Kane. You're in DX. Yeah. You're teaming with X-Pac, who, I think at this point, exclusively wore DX colors. Yeah. What the shit? Uh, I think they referenced on commentary, this is the first intergender tag match. Oh, wow. In the WWF, which, they, they said that, maybe that's true, maybe it's not, I don't know. It, long, it, it is over. I will yeah. say that. Like Long, but, the go- goddamn, the crowd comes up for DX. They sure do. Uh, I have a note here that just says, Hogan! Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Sean, or not Sean, well, Sean, Waltman, X-Pac, if you will, uh, does the uh, arm drop, arm drop, yeah. Hulk up out of the thing, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that happened. Triple H stays down for about four years after that choke slam, and it's still the finish. I yeah. love it, and didn't expect it. Yeah, it's a different time. It's insane. Uh, I noticed that they're playing No Chance in Hell over the next part, and I was like, was this not Vince's theme music at this point? But it is, because he comes out to it later. Yeah. 
So that was weird. I think it was just the corporate theme. Yeah. Like the... Bizarre. Because uh, that's what China comes out to, too. Is it? I think. Oh, shit, sure, I don't I think. remember. Uh, but Kane... Kane Goddamn Kane has to come out to Burned. <laughs> he cannot come out to corporate theme. Uh, my next note here just says that video packages have come a long way. Because there's a video recap of the feud with Rock and Foley. Mm-hmm. Which, I've gone back and watched a lot of this, I will say. Great feud. Yeah. Made sense. Uh, Foley's performance as a character, I think, like... I think this might... Maybe I'd have to go back and rewatch some er earlier shit. I think this is where he starts to become, like, what we all know as Mick Foley. Yeah. Where it's like... You know what I mean? Like, there's you are still mankind, but he's not, like, screaming... You know, I don't know. Like, yeah. it's, it's a weird balance, I think. Um, I think I've seen this match before, but I don't remember it. I or know I that I haven't. The Do only it. match that I had seen before this was the main event. Okay. Uh, I don't care for the last man standing stipulation. Generally speaking, I don't either. It's really hard to pull off in a way that's interesting. I think that... Uh, personally, I think that Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens just pulled it off pretty. Oh yeah, yeah, well. I'll give you that. Like, I th yeah, for sure. And that was recent. Uh, yeah, I think that like it's just hard to pull off. Might be what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Man, him hitting <laughs> Kevin with that golf cart though. <laughs> yeah, he he goes through the plexiglass, driving a hundred and forty miles an hour. <laughs> Ford, I love your number exaggeration. Ford today. versus Ferrari versus Kevin Owens golf <laughs> carts mania. Like, um, so what did you think of this match overall? Because I've got a lot of notes on it. But first of all, the Rock sideburns. As a man with sideburns himself, <laughs> those are some good ones, for sure. I just have to say that. Um, I don't have very many notes of, like about like what I thought of this match, except I just have notes about. God damn, they're killing each other. Oh, Mick yeah. hates his body. I'm, I'm convinced. He what? does not like his body. Yeah, one of, one of my notes about that says that I, I do and do not feel bad for Mick Foley. Yeah. It, because it's that thing where it's like, you want to feel bad for him because of how beat up he was and is. And then at the same time, no one made him do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, like, I mean, just use this match as an example. If they had taken half of the the risks that they did, I, I think it would have been just as much, just as over. You know? Uh, there's some grisly shit in this, though. Cole, Michael Cole had a very efficient call in, in this <laughs> match, where uh, he goes to whip, uh, Rock goes to whip McFoley <laughs> into the stairs, and he reverses, mm. so Rock goes into the stairs, and Cole just goes, Rock! Shoulder! Stairs! Yeah. I love it. It's so efficient. I think so you this know was exactly. the match where I first realized that JR wasn't on commentary. And I was like, oh yeah, he, I, I know now going back that he wasn't on at this point. Mm. Like, I don't I don't think he calls Mania 15. Weird. Yeah. Um, mm. Is that a new game? Rock, shoulder, stairs? <laughs> stairs beat rock. Rock beat shoulder. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, there's a belly-to-back suplex on the concrete. Yeah. I noted that. Why? <laughs> uh, at some point, uh, 
they're, they're brawling on some table, and I can't remember who it is. Somebody give somebody a DDT through table. Uh, Mick Foley DDTs The Rock through the table. Okay. I noticed a monitor under The Rock <laughs> after the bump, and I was yeah. like, oh, wow, I actually, as crazy as it sounds, I like that because I fucking hate let's clear this table off to put a guy through it. Yeah, I can see that. Like, if you're so wound up that like, you're going to, you know, I drive put... someone through this table, can't have any pins on there. Let's get I... this iPad out of here. That shit's expensive. Like, I want to put you through this table, but I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to break something that's expensive. Just shatter your spine. Like, ugh. Th- this is an ugly match, but I think it's kind of in a good way. Me too. I, th- I, I This was one of the, the only matches that I was like okay with the length. Mm-hmm. When I texted you that <laughs> I did not want to watch the rest of this show tonight. Yeah. It was before this match. Right. And these this match and then the main event like kind of brought me back up. There's a lot of floor bumps in this too. D- I mean... That back, uh, the the um, back body drop off the oh uh, yeah, table I didn't even make a note about that. I demolishes that. his I, skull. I, yeah, I finished watching that or watching this this morning, and I didn't even make a note of that. But I know what you because it's like he clips the announcer's table with the back of his head. Yes, but then I think his leg hits a chair. Yeah, that's one where I want to be like what. Like what, what? What was supposed yeah. to happen? What was the desired outcome here? You know what I mean? I mean, because there, there was not that much space for him to land, right? Because even he, if he, he hit on both sides, head and feet. Even if he had just ate shit into the floor, without cracking his head, his legs and his hips still would have hit like the chair and maybe even the barricade. Yeah, maybe it would have landed real high and tight. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like I, that was. Uh, the stairs. A lot of use oh. of the stairs, but man, the the one where Rock just drops yeah. them. <laughs> Shades of you dropping weapons on people. <laughs> uh, my note. Have here. we ever? Have we? I feel like we've talked about that moment before. Have we? Maybe in like one of the first. Oh, episodes. and the, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> in the ECW barely legal episode, we talked about it because I think someone drops the guardrail oh, yeah, on the pitbull right, number yeah. two. Uh, um, this this stairs thing. What am I notes here? Just says three hundred pounds because Lawler claims that The Rock just dropped three hundred pound stairs on <laughs> Mick Foley, and I'm like, don't get me wrong, The Rock's biggest shit even here, but the idea that he just with ease would pick up a three hundred pound block of steel and drop it on someone, yeah, and that that person wouldn't just explode like a grape, <laughs> yeah, and then two seconds later, Cole says. Those stairs have to weigh 200, 250 pounds. And I'm like, well, they're getting lighter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Mick Foley has great punches. I noted that. I was looking at him and I was like, dude, he looks like he's straight up clobbering the dude. Like the rapid fire, like the close yeah. ones? Yeah. Yeah, I could get I like that. those. Um, protect your skulls. What's, like, why? Like, what? <laughs> I don't know, dude. What is the point? Is this why you did this? Why you no, didn't like your skull? I'm actually not that big of a fan of Foley. Mm. He, he's been in s- several matches that I really, truly enjoy that I think are great, specifically him and Triple H at the Rumble 2000, but uh, never was my guy. Even at the, the 
peak of the Attitude Era and, and the height of my fandom, man, not even top ten for me, even then. Hmm. Um, I, I think he's done a lot of really great shit. I think that his promos should have been... He should have gotten more promo time in the Fed, and he got a lot. But, like, if you go back and watch any of his old ECW promos, like the Kane Dewey promo is a very famous one, we'll watch it after the show. Um, phenomenal performer. Mm-hmm. I'm just always really conflicted about his work because I'm like, I understand that the the violence that he put himself through is what made him. Oh my god! I but at the same people. time, like he didn't, he just didn't need to do nearly as much as he did. Mm-hmm. But then now for him to like fish for sympathy for it, I'm like, no, like you you made these were conscious decisions. Yes. You told people hip toss me into the stairs. I will straight every up every fucking week. Like I will straight up respect you for your contributions, but I will not pity you. <laughs> yeah. I can't put it any better, actually. What do you think of the finish of this? Uh well, oh the double chair shot and then the draw both knocked out. Yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. I I don't mind that as the finish for this. Yeah. I think it's honestly because this feud like needed that payoff so well, but at the same time they couldn't. Because they do a title switch, maybe the next night on Raw or something. Because Mania Fifteen is Rock and Austin, mm. but Foley is champ here, so they got to do a title switch, and it had to have been the next night, if not the week after. Why didn't they just put Rock over? Yeah, I don't know. That that makes me hate this finish now. <laughs> that I, makes me hate it. I, I hate when they do this sh- that shit now. They do it so. F- mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm mad. They did it. They dude. They <laughs> they did uh, a very similar finish in a last man standing match several years after this at the Rumble. Oh four between Triple H and HBK, <laughs> where it's a draw and the crowd we're, shits all over it. We're but, only we're only gonna call them that now. Yes, Triple H. Earl Hebner bumps piss me off. Fair. He looks like a fucking numbskull. <laughs> Did you notice that Lawler's voice is just shot? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He they mentioned like... it, like, towards the beginning of the show, and it gets only oh, worse. Oh, I didn't even catch that. I just, by the end of this, I was like, he sounds like he is going to cough up jagged metal crustios. Which only makes me hate him more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, um, yeah, the crowd is mad at the draw, and now so am I, <laughs> but <laughs> because let's get, I did not know that that... Let's get to the main event of today's main event, though. My first note here, is this the greatest feud ever? Austin and McMahon. I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to think of one better, honestly. Like, Same. It was... I, I have a note here that says, I'm not an Attitude Era guy. Right. But Vince and Stone Cold was undeniably magic that will never be recreated. Can't agree more. Like, I, I think it made the Attitude Era. Yeah. it was. I think it was that perfect blend of it's organic. You had two great performers for the roles that they were in. Yeah. It, like, it, everything just really fell into place perfectly for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we've talked about it before, maybe on here, but, like, the Montreal Screwjob, if that hadn't happened, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Because that's what made Vince McMahon the evil corporate owner of the company in the fans' eyes. Yeah. They've let Austin just be himself, so to speak, and 
it's all there. Mm-hmm. It, it's just perfect, perfect professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. In, in my eyes, what it is. Yeah. It's... I think... I, I was like about halfway through this show when I realized... I don't think I'm gonna... Like, I used to be one of those guys who would participate in the thumbs up for the Attitude Era mm-hmm. thing... I don't think I'm gonna go back to that. It's just I, attitude error ain't for me. I had I had a similar thought earlier today while finishing watching the show. Where it's like, even from my perspective of like you know, like I said at the time, I'm 15. I'm getting back in, and and this is like, it's weird to say now because it's never going to be like this again. Wrestling was the most popular thing in the world. Like you would go to school, and kids would be like giving each other the DX crotch chop. And, like, there was a guy who did a presentation in uh, an ag class uh, that I was in in high school. And he literally said, when he was trying to, like, get the kids to settle down, he's like, hey, you guys know what The Rock says, right? Know your role and shut your mouth? Okay, well, now's the time where you do that so I can talk. That's amazing. And nobody was upset. Like, everyone was just like, oh, this guy's cool now because he knows who The Rock is. Like... Nobody. Wow. It's never going to be, like, kids are not going to go to school and be like, hey, I'm the head of the table. Shut up. Like, you know, it just doesn't permeate to that degree. Yeah. That's a shame, though, because uh, I never got to live through that era. I was always, in my era, it, what do you mean? What am I, in my era? Like, Back I'm 98 years old. <laughs> yeah. In, Braden when is, I was growing Bra- up. By the way, for those, because you can't see it, Braden is sitting in a rocking chair right now, piece of wheat in his mouth. Moonshine jug at his side. I don't know. Straw hat and bib overalls. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go on. Well, when I was growing up, you see. <laughs> when I was growing up, uh, wrestling was already... Well, you know it's fake, right? It was mm-hmm. already there. So... And that's all that anybody ever cared about. So I never got, like, the like section of people who were, like... So, like... Uh, uh, Eddie Guerrero passed away, man. Uh, I, don't, I couldn't think of anything from that era. But I never got that, that, like, I was always the one guy in the group of friends that liked wrestling. And like, there's there's a lot of shit about the Attitude Era that I don't like, specifically in hindsight. But, like, that was a time in history where it was socially acceptable and, for that matter, cool to be a wrestling fan. Like, you, you could wear a... a Mankind t-shirt out in public and people would be like fuck yeah Mick Foley and yeah. now it's like people look at you like you're a nerd or a moron and that's what like the stuff that I liked about the Attitude Era is everything was over like I'll talk about this yeah. until my dying breath that like even though we've talked about several matches on this specific card where the crowd's chanting boring or whatnot, <laughs> the people were over. Yeah. And they try, I will admit that they tried shit that at the time you could get away with that you'd never get away with now. And honestly, you shouldn't have ever been able to get away with it. <laughs> yeah. And some of it hit and some of it missed for sure, but it's like the in-ring doesn't, very seldom does it hold up. And that's kind of what I look for in wrestling, given that I was a, a ruthless aggression kid. Sure. So that's when, like, the SmackDown 6 were tearing it up week after right. week after week after week. So that's kind of like, that's the era I grew up in. So that's what I look for, like, crisp, good, entertaining ring work. Right. Instead of 
like uh, the the characters or, or the promos as far as uh, as much. So like the that's stuff fair. that was over in the Attitude Era, I don't look for as much. Right. Which I think that's why I don't really care for the Attitude Era as much. Sorry, Dayton. No, no, that's totally <laughs> like by all means, give your perspective. Yeah, because like nostalgia is always going to be a huge factor when it comes to fans and pro wrestling, mm-hmm. and for that matter, almost anything. Like like I was at a show one time, I was bitching about somebody coming out to uh, Disturbed. Or something. I was like, look, man, I get it. I'm like everybody else. I think music hit its peak when I was in high school, too. But you can't always do this. <laughs> you know, like... Um, yeah, I, nostalgia does play a huge factor, which is why Berna still thinks that Jack's figures are better than Mattel. He's wrong. Mattel makes a better figure. Undeniably. Uh, I am currently looking at two figures here in our... Deluxe Recording Studio, a.k.a. my guest room. I... That one... The Piper one is not mine. The Jericho one is mine. Hmm. It was given to me as a gift. I... Am not... This is not a judgment thing. I have never purchased a wrestling figure. Well, I have given you a gift of a Jake Roberts figure that is Mattel. It's and here. it is... It's here somewhere. It's on real good. I think it's in the living yeah. room, yeah. Um... But it's real good. Burn on your wrong. So we there can get through that. I think there's a match that we're talking about. There is. Uh, <laughs> and Well, I mean, that side tinge about the Attitude Era is kind of like in line with this match. Because mm-hmm. at the time that this happened, the only reason this didn't happen at WrestleMania is because they needed to have a good quote match for WrestleMania. Yeah. This was the hottest thing of all time. Mm-hmm. Austin McMahon, and this is, quote, the blow-off. Yeah. Uh, Lawler has one of my all-time uh, commentary lines in the intro to this, where the goons are setting up the cage, by the way, because evidently this is an indie show. Yeah. Um, where he says, if the word hate were written on every grain of sand in the Sahara Desert, that would not equal the hate between these two men. And I'm like, that's awesome. Uh, you know what? Lawler, I'll give you that one. I feel like there's another new running gag here. Of He's got one every show. <laughs> Not every show, but every other, maybe. I hate Lawler still. So, What do you think of this cage? <laughs> this is my favorite version of the cage. Really? Yeah, why? I hate this fucking thing. Why? It looks like a goddamn playpen. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've always liked this one because I... It's like the blue one. Well, it is, it is the blue, the blue one. one. It is the blue one, but it's spray-painted black. I noted that because they had some close-ups of the bars, and I was like, there's blue peeking through there. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Um, I, I honestly didn't know it was literally the same case. No, it's literally the same one. Fantastic. How does, um, Crazy to think that at the time, they were like, spend 50 bucks on spray paint. And now it'd be like, build a new cage. Put lasers on it. Like, <laughs> Let's I build this- an LED wall cage. <laughs> Let's build a hologram of a cage. <laughs> um, I noticed while they were taking so long to set this up, which at one point I could have sworn I saw Kevin Kelly out there helping set it up, wearing a headset, and I was sitting here like, is this a fucking independent show where we have to take another intermission to set up the cage? Um, there's the... <laughs> Michael Cole plugs the Goodyear blimp that's flying around <laughs> inside of the building because it's a sponsor or whatever. And I was just going, oh man, once I saw a blimp. Uh, <laughs> but, okay. That all aside. 
I enjoyed this match. I love it, it. it. It's 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 so over, and it's basically every other Vince match, but that's all it never needs to be. Where he yeah. gets the shit kicked out of him for a long fucking time. He loves to sell. One of my notes says nobody gets squashed better than Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, um, I I absolutely loved it. Uh, I even with uh one of my notes here that just says. Vince is as graceful as a fucking cow on ice. Like, <laughs> god damn it. Vince McMahon, okay, so at the beginning of this match, when Vince is in the door, mm-hmm. like, kicking at Stone Cold, right. and he jumps up and grabs the cage on either side and swings forward with a double kick, right. and then back, I'm like, that is the most incredible thing to see a 50-year-old man do. Yeah, well, up for a few <laughs> minutes at least, like, holy shit. Oh my god! It was just so funny. The um, beauty of this match is that it's I th- this this is another thing that we should probably Google. I think this is one of Vince's longest matches, if not the longest, because you can't have a you know like quote good wrestling match with the guy, but nobody wants to see that at all. And the beauty of the whole thing of it being like Vince is in the cage and Austin can't get in. And then Vince goes out of the cage, and Austin is in. And then Austin fakes the knee injury, suckers Vince in because he's an evil bastard, and then just wallops him. Well, you see, they brawl on the outside, and then Vince goes through the table before the bell even rings. Right, which is fantastic. So, and can we that, talk that, about that, that table bump? It's comical, but goddamn, it looks like it hurts. I, so how could bad. it not? Also, he like landed on the edge of the table, and then it broke. Uh-huh. He's north of fifty at this point, and just flies off that fucking cage, takes that crazy bump, which he absolutely did not need to do, and like, but I love Austin's thing on the mic of like, you know, we were never in the ring at the same time. The bell never rang. He's not mm-hmm. getting because it's like this is the comeuppance, you know. Like everybody always wants to see the bad guy get what they have coming to them, and this was it. I also made a note that you put a lot of emphasis on guarantees back then. Mm-hmm. Somebody would be like, I guarantee your blood's going to run. Hindsight, Vince should have bled from the get-go. As soon as Austin okay. yeah, started laying hands that. on him, he should have bled. Um, I don't know. what. Keep going. What do you, what do you, what I, do you I, think? I can't find anything match times. match times. Like... When you Google, you'd have to like, you'd have to really deep dive on it because uh-huh. when you Google Vince McMahon's longest match, it doesn't like come up with like this match right here for twenty three minutes or whatever. Fucking internet failing us again. I know, dude. So well, okay, it's the intern's fault actually. So let's. So we're both in agreement that this match is great and what it should have been, right? Yes. Let us discuss this finish. Hmm. Because I, I got a lot of conflictions about this. So Really? I, I, I do. So, finish. Uh, Paul White, who would go on to be known as Doss Big Show, <laughs> comes up through the ring, uh, wallops Austin a couple of times, picks him up, goes to throw him into the cage. The cage breaks. Austin literally rides the wall of the cage like a fucking pendulum, <laughs> drops to the outside. He has declared the winner. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on this? So, there's a bit of, like, if you really think about it, things that I don't really like about it, but as far as dude picks him up, 
throws him at a cage, the cage breaks, and then he rides it and then falls down. I thought that was cool. Okay. I thought it was, like, it neat and... I don't know, it was just, like, a cool stunt, like, I guess. if you No, I, I agree with that. Yeah, better way to put it. But Paul was under the ring. The whole day. <laughs> the whole show. I actually have a note here referencing one of my favorite pictures you've ever shown me that says, was Big Show under the ring this whole show? Was his phone dead? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, this was before so, phones. <laughs> so here's my thing. I, I think this is a great debut. Mm-hmm. Like you're all you're, you have a, if you'll excuse the pun, big star coming in. What better way to debut him, right? Main event of the biggest blow off match the place has ever had. You, you know, it, it is a great debut. I I don't think it's not. My conflictions arise with one. This is a great show of power from the Big Show for sure, right? Mm-hmm. It also kind of makes him look like a dumbass. It kind of makes Vince look like a dumbass. And it kind of makes Austin look like, oh shit, I really dodged a bullet there. It, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay. this weird thing to me where I'm like... Why, how does it make Big Show look like a dumbass, though? Because he threw him through the... Like, I how understand know? the idea is supposed to be, oh, he doesn't know that he can break the cage. Yeah. But, I, I don't know. It's a weird thing to me where I'm yeah. just kind of like, well, now you just got to stand there and Austin's like, Later, y'all, I'm going to Mania. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see the, the, a little bit of a... A little bit there. They could not have gotten away with it, but if Big Show had inter- had come up through the ring and helped Vince win, it might have been a better debut for Big Show, but I don't think that's what they were concerned with at this point at all. And honestly, I don't even know if they should have done it. Hmm. Because then, I think Big Show has a match with Foley at Mania 15. That's like, kind of, ugh. <laughs> kind of, ugh. But I mean, like, don't get me wrong, great debut. It's just that weird thing where I'm like, I don't know, like, does it make Austin look good? Because he has the match won. Yeah, I think, I personally, I think that story's like, makes him look good enough. Like, he, on his own accord, comes back into the ring twice. Yeah. Which, like, uh, it, clearly, everyone, in, he had the match won. And him hey, coming back times. in, A, makes him look like a badass. Right. And, uh, B, makes him look like a fucking badass. And C, makes Vince look like a schmuck. Yeah. Also, in the kayfabe sense, why would you just have Paul come up through the ring at the beginning? Yeah, that's why did the, you wait? The, if you think take too this far about it, um, what if Vince was able to, by some fluke, win? Would sure, he, would he be like, "Hey, you can come out from under there," and then, then Big Show, <laughs> Big Show's big introduction is he comes out, he crawls through out under the sport beam, and comes out. He's like, "Hey guys, I didn't have to do I was anything there all the time. They didn't, yeah, <laughs> sweet. Vince got that inside cradle. What do you know? Uh, uh, so okay. Anyways, thoughts on the show as a whole. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag for me, because, like, first of all, you have Bob Holly beating the piss out of Al Snow. I'll sure. watch that all the time. Sure. Then there's a lot of long, long matches. Yeah. 
then there's the last man standing match, which I enjoyed, mm-hmm. and then this main event, which I enjoyed. So it's kind of I, I'm I'm gonna put it thumb sideways only because my main problem is there's three matches that brawl into the crowd and all over the arena. Right. And there's two in a row that have paramedics <laughs> involved. Oh man, a lot of miles on those stretchers, right? Yeah. I thought it was weird that Foley got stretched out as well. Yeah. That seemed like the story would be that Rock got stretched out and Foley walked. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Um, but that being that, it just was a little bit too much of the same, kind of. I... I'm going to put a thumb sideways, the bar. My thumb's going to go down with the asterisk of the last man standing match and the main event are fucking great. Yeah. I don't get as much enjoyment of Alstow being pummeled by Robert Holly. Why not? Because it's so long. Um, to me, this is a two-match show. But yeah. I think that when we think about St. Valentine's and what it means to show love to one another, dropping a man's skull first on the concrete is a great way to show it. Exactly. So, anything else? Um, I think we pretty much wrapped it up. Love is in the air. You Phenomenal. Know, right? Uh, what does love smell like? What is love? The baby don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Thank you. <laughs> um, hope you guys have enjoyed our first ever bonus episode. Still slightly miffed at Connor Hopkins for making me watch this program from start to finish. But those last two matches were definitely money. Yep. Join us next time when we celebrate Arbor Day. <laughs> With a special episode of a tree-based wrestling event that we'll have to try to find. There's probably one out there. If there's not, there will be. Mm. Uh, But yes, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yay. And thank you for tuning in. And come back next time when we ask the never-ending question. What What are are we we even doing? doing? Yeah, that was perfect. And I got the mouse ready so I can just press the stop. Yeah. Over the... Uh, nope, Where that's is it? not it. Okay, it's there it is. What are we even doing?